everybody doing tonight? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Two Beers in a Tipsy Political Roundtable. I'm Cody Lindquist. And I'm Charlie Todd. Thank you guys so much for coming out to Caveat tonight. Thank you. We, uh, we are a married couple. That's true. Um, still, as, as of now. And uh, we like to talk about politics. And we like to drink beer and, uh, you know, get a little tipsy with friends and talk about what's going on. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, we want to thank Caveat for having us. We have our thank you, Caveat. wonderful bartender, Lauren, here. Be sure to tip her and feel free to get a drink during the show. We've been drinking backstage with our panelists. We have been, yes. We're starting kind of our second beer now on stage. Um, Some of us are starting our third. <laughs> who? Me. Oh. Well, um, I don't know. You know, when it's a pitcher, it's like, who knows? I don't true. even know. You can't keep track. You can't keep track. Um, we have uh, we have a borough president in the house tonight. We have the literal president of Manhattan. So, so I'm curious. Give it up. How many people here live in Manhattan? Yeah, raise your hand if you live in Manhattan. Oh my gosh! Almost everyone. Whoa, this Not is everyone, shocking. But almost everyone. This is okay. shocking. So Anyone here live uh, in Queens? Oh really? We heard, a we heard one woo. Okay. 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 Who's the Queensboro president? <laughs> the Manhattan borough president yelled it from the green room. <laughs> Richards, Richards. Okay, anyone from Brooklyn? Do you know your borough president? It's not Marty Markowitz. It's Reynoso, yeah. I believe. Yes, Mark is yelling, yelling all the answers. And um, Mark's, Mark's so far winning this quiz. Anybody from the Bronx? Anybody from Staten Island? Well, it's been confirmed that no one knows who the Staten Island borough president is. To be fair, I, I don't know if anybody from Staten Island actually exists. I've never seen anyone <laughs> from Staten Island. I, I've never met anyone from Staten Island. I, I don't know if they're real. The Wu-Tang Clan? All of the Impractical Jokers? <laughs> the Impractical Jokers I've only seen on TV. Do they exist in real life? You can't prove it to me until you have me meet them in person. All right, are you guys ready to meet our wonderful panel? Let's give it up for them. Uh, our first panelist, she is the co-host of the Forever 35 podcast and the author of the new book, In a New York Minute. Please welcome Kate Spencer. He is your Manhattan Borough President, Mark Levine. And returning guest, she is the uh, host of the Betcha Sup podcast and also on the wonderful show Tuning Out the News. Please welcome Elise Morales. Oh my gosh. Guys, so much to talk about. I so love much. when we have a show and right before the show, Twitter just like implodes. <laughs> You know, that just means we're going to have a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. by, by implodes, you mean bought by a, a crazy man? Mm -hmm. Girl, you know that is the first topic okay. we are going to talk about. <laughs> Who deleted their Twitter account on the way to the show? Well, I, I stopped using Twitter in like 2018. How, how, what is your life like? So brave. It's confused. It's, it's very Do you quiet. exist? Not anymore, Cody. You're it's from been, Staten Island, apparently. You know what? Also, guys, Pete Davidson. I've what, never what met happened? him. I've he, never met him in real life. Something? He could be a hologram. No, oh, yeah. just he's from Staten Island. Oh, you're talking okay. about... Okay, I was like, he did something, but who's he dating? Where? <laughs> he, he bought, bought Twitter. Boat, Pete Davidson bought Twitter. That would actually be fun. That would yeah. be fun. I'd enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Pete Davidson, I saw on Twitter today that he's going to be going to the Correspondents' Dinner, um, the, the National Correspondents' <laughs> Dinner, Joe Biden's party, with uh, Kim Kardashian and Pete. They're going to be in the audience. 
Wow. Not hosting it, just going to be there. And yes, Mark's right. He bought a very big boat. Mark, is he going to park that boat on your island, Manhattan Island, or is he going to park it on Staten Island? Only if he applies for the proper permit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There'll be a lengthy community board process for the retired Staten Island ferry. Um, so yeah, Elon Musk appears to be close. Or did he buy? Is there breaking news? Did he actually buy? He, he did. He's bought it. Okay, for forty. I love s- how it takes like what, like five minutes to buy something for forty-five million dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check the transfer went through. We're good. So uh, yeah, I mean, what does the panel think about um, the future of Twitter? I mean, like within the last five days, he tweeted a picture of Bill Gates along with a pregnant man emoji and the text, in case you need to lose a boner fast, um, to like, I guess he was trolling Bill Gates and calling him fat because uh, Bill Gates was shorting Tesla stock, I think. But I mean, it just seems like he's very um, kind of a petty, vindictive, childish uh, human who also did launch a car into space playing a David Bowie song. So he's you know done some <laughs> things, but what do we think? He tweets like 420, 69, 69 (laughs) every week. Wait, no, that's the name of his child. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're so right. Um, Yeah, it's hard to imagine Twitter being a worse place than it is, but I think we're going to see it. Do you, feel like do you feel like you've missed out, missed out on anything not being on Twitter? Do you sometimes just go to Twitter.com and see what's trending? Uh, so I had to uh, physically like uh, bar myself from Twitter. Like I gave my password to my husband and he locked me out. And then I had to uh, use an app so I couldn't see it. That's how addicted to Twitter I was. So that's what's, so it's been a while. But yeah, sometimes I'll dip a toe and my fucking blood pressure will go up mm-hmm. like 20 Points? Is that how we measure blood pressure? I'm not guys? a doctor. It's a points. <laughs> it's a point system. Well, the thing about Twitter is that everybody sees a different timeline, and it's whatever's engineered to get you riled up. Like when I go on Twitter, right. I only see pictures of cop cars parked in bike lanes because <laughs> that's very what I niche. get the most niche. angry about, and that's We're what I, on that. that's what I tweet about. Thank you, Mark. Um, but I mean, is is your Twitter just all New York? Politicos, like uh, you know, what what is your what is your Twitter experience? Oh, Mark? hell knows, no torture like being a politician on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I I have been discovered by the national right wing mob. Uh, so you I'm, have a lot of people tr- causing problems in your mentions. It it is uh, today. I tweeted out that when Elon Musk takes over, we're going to see more anti-vax material. I think I'm up to two thousand replies, oh. uh, multiple oh. references to Nazism, and oh, it's boy. it's. Uh, look, Elon Musk is the guy who tweeted out in April of 2020, we will soon be at zero COVID cases, right? This is his philosophy of public health. He's about to have the keys to the kingdom. I am very worried about what this means for the discourse online and in the real world, and we all should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but most Sorry, this was a comedy show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> but most people don't use Twitter, right? Like, I think it, it can feel like such an urgent uh, place where like vital and, and don't get me wrong I'm sure vital communication is happening I was mostly there for like reality TV show recaps but and that and that made I your know, blood that pressure made go crazy me, honestly <laughs> yes it did Charlie. yes it did but I think that out if you pull outside of like politics and journalists most average Americans are on Twitter so while I am having like a borderline panic attack about Elon Musk buying Twitter will it actually impact things? Or is it just going to still kind of be this vacuum of 
Well, I mean, I would say that, that Donald Trump used Twitter in a way that it was on the national news every night. So, you know. And he's going he's gonna to be allowed back. He's this probably is coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's coming back, which is bad. But Truth Social is definitely going to fail, which is maybe good. Or we could all go there. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Right? What if we all go to Truth Social? Truth Social. <laughs> this was his master plan all yeah. along to just drive more traffic. I think this just proves to me that like billionaires just shouldn't exist. Like one guy can be like, you know what I want to do? I want to fuck with everything. I'm going to buy Twitter. And he can buy Twitter in a very short amount of time for a multi-million dollars and just like... Multi-billion. Bu- billion, sorry. Billion. Sorry, guys. A million would be like a joke for him. But, you know, just... It's, it's crazy that he just gets to decide like a toy, like a new shiny object. Let's get rid of billionaires, no? He is very shiny object, too, because it's like one minute he's like, I'm going to build a tunnel that makes cars go fast, and then the next he's like, I'm going to space, and then he's like, I own Twitter now. The tunnel project is the most sketchy thing about him, that he he (laughs) thinks he has solved traffic by building a tunnel underground that cars can be in bumper-to-bumper traffic single file. Yeah, well, he would just float on like a conveyor belt. No, you drive a Tesla. Oh, well, the, the crappy one that he is actually only one that's actually been built is in Vegas, and it's just people driving in Teslas in bumper to bumper single file traffic. Eighteen um, hundreds technology. Yeah, yeah it's called and a subway. It's called <laughs> a subway. Yeah, and it works a lot better when you have train cars. It can fit a lot more people. It would be amazing if he was as invested in, in like changing public transportation as he is in Twitter, because I live in Los Angeles, and our public transportation system is. I mean, it would be incredible if some rich billionaire came in and was like, bloop, and just, but instead... There's tons of things he could do with that money. (laughs) Instead, he's like, I'm going to buy Twitter. Yeah, I don't... I could solve world hunger, like, for, like, maybe a fraction of that. Would you... Nobody would be hungry. None of the billionaires give... They all... All they want to do is go to space. Or Mm -hmm. they want to spend, like, how much did they spend on CNN Plus that folded in two (laughs) weeks? (laughs) It's just like... You could have given everybody a lot of money. We yeah. all would have had a shit ton of money, and then we would have been great. Um, I want to talk about the coronavirus a little bit. Yay! Oh, it's it. over. It's over. <laughs> a little bit of applause not. for the coronavirus. Because, <laughs> uh, Mark, you, when you were on the council, before you were borough president, you were chair of the health committee. Did I say that right? Uh, what a time. And, and, and I feel like, yeah. What a I mean, time. Your, your Twitter probably blew up during that time because you were giving a lot of like daily updates and information on Twitter during that. And um, I'm just curious, Mark, what you think the state of things are right now in New York. Because I, I was looking at a recent tweet of yours that the New York City booster rates are stuck at 37% right now. And they were at 35% two months ago. Um, so people aren't getting boosted anymore. Um, and you know, you've called for doing things like reinstating the $100 incentive for people to get it. Why do you think people aren't getting boosted? Is it just that people are, don't want to get a shot every three months for eternity? Like, there's, there, It doesn't feel like there's an end in sight to when this stops. You really want to get me in trouble with the right-wing mob again, <laughs> don't you? They're not here, I don't think. <laughs> Raise your hands if you're in the right-wing mob. <laughs> wow, they're all in the right-wing mob. Okay. <laughs> Something really weird has happened on vaccination. New York City's rate of the first vaccine series is over 90%. Over 90% of adults in New York City have at least gotten their first shot. But most of them never went on to get their booster shot. So these aren't really anti-vaxxers because they got their first shot. They're people who 
I think just decided the pandemic's over and don't want to be bothered. And I think we can reach them. I think we can do it. But um, no one's talking about it anymore. And um, I'm worried that not just Twitter users, but, but a lot of elected officials have moved on. And um, it's not that we're in a five alarm crisis right now, but um, it ain't over. And we could do simple things now to be prepared, um, but we're not doing it. And it's why the booster rate is stuck at 37%. Do you think, I, I wonder too, like I had a lot of side effects from my three shots. Um, but luckily when I had COVID, it was like nothing, I think because it was way worse to get the, the side effects from, well, my first shot was Johnson and Johnson and I think it was just sugar water, <laughs> which we've talked about before. Um, and then I illegally went, I had to, this was so embarrassing. I think I told this story before I had to go to my doctor and be like, I got three shots and it sort of was illegal and I didn't tell you. It was very embarrassing. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I did my own research online to get these shots out of order. Anyway. No, you have seven boosters? I Is have that what 80, 80 boosters. Okay, Cody, yeah. and I, Cody and I got Johnson & Johnson and then we got two full Modernas. Mm -hmm. um, which you're not supposed to do, but you're allowed to get two Modernas and then a Johnson & Johnson correct. booster. Makes correct. no sense. But I did Moderna, Moderna, Moderna. But, by the way, say that three times. Moderna, Moderna, Moderna. Fuck you up. Your third Moderna was a half dose, probably. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Thanks, I think the thing with doctor. the booster is that, you know, we know so many people who are boosted. I mean, Cody was boosted and she got COVID. Um, our, our next door neighbor was boosted and just had COVID for like two weeks and it was not good. So I think like that's maybe why people are just throwing their arms up in the air and not getting the booster. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it is dispiriting just to see. I think we were told eventually with, initially with the vaccines, there was the assumption that you would, you would not catch it. Um, and now, you know. There were so many mistakes made in that rollout. Yeah. The first one is to give the impression that if you get your vaccine, the pandemic would be over for you. And that was never going to be the case. That's not how vaccines work. And honestly, right now, the question, are you vaccinated or not, needs to be abolished. It should be, are you up to date on your vaccines? And if you got your first dose in February of 2021, I'm sorry, you're not up to date anymore. Um, you get your flu shot every year. It's not radical. It wasn't until now. Um, but probably flu shots will plummet now, or at least only Democrats will get them because of this crazy world we're in. But... Uh, COVID's going to be the same thing. I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm the person that's like, tell me everything. Give me every shot. Give me all the things. I just want to be as protected as possible from all the things. I don't like getting sick. I don't understand it. So that's politics. The same people who are refusing <laughs> the vaccine, when they go to the hospital, they say, give me everything you got. They're I know, They're not reviewing right? the, the, the studies. Yeah, give, me the, give me the horse pill. Give me the whatever. Totally. It's they, fine. They'll take experimental. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's just that politics has yeah. destroyed their thinking. Wow, I'm glad we have a show on politics and we're destroying everyone's <laughs> thinking here. <laughs> this right-wing mob's going to go crazy. I know they are. Um, well, Charlie and I have been frustrated. I, we'll, we'll move on from COVID in a second. But I just want to talk about children, specifically children born in 2018 and 2019. Okay, it's just literally those two years that are in this weird pocket of they're over two but under five, so they have to wear a mask because if you're over two, if you're under two, you don't have to wear a mask, and you can't. But if you're over five, you can be vaccinated. So very specifically, the rules are absolutely in my opinion, insane in New York City for this literally tiny group of which our son belongs, um, the New Yorkers who were born in 2018 and 2019. So does it make sense that they still have to quarantine, they still have to wear masks, 
But if you're under two, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're over five, you don't have to wear a mask. Totally What's logical. going on? I understand What's going that on? 100%. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, don't, I think it's like throwing spaghetti at a wall a little yeah. bit right now, right? Like no one... Yeah. Every, it feels like everyone's just doing the best they can in real time. But they take time. their masks off when they nap at school for 90 yeah, minutes and no when they eat. And they're three and four, so their mask is constantly below their nose. I know this because our son got COVID at school, and yet they're subject well, to all these really strict rules it, that other kids aren't. It seems like with the, with the younger kids, there is kind of that COVID theater element to the mask wearing, right? Like my yeah. kids, I have a nine and 11-year-old, and... Masks were required until very recently. They could keep them above yeah, their nose. Yeah, my same thing. Right. Our, our almost eight-year-old, he keeps his mask but up, the and it feels very kids, effective. Yeah, the younger kids, it's yeah, like impossible. No. So, it it feels a little bit like, you know, like getting on an airplane where like people are they're still they confiscated my kids' yeah. toothpaste, but like everyone was like, oh, you know, it just let's take our shoes off and yeah, because, and our masks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, is everyone feeling good about flying? I just did it. It was fine. I'm a nervous flyer in general. I wore my mask, yeah. Yeah. You miss flying in general? I'm a nervous flyer in general. Oh, so yeah. for me, the big issue, I mean, number one, I would prefer if people were wearing masks on the plane, but. All the time, right? Like, yeah, it, I, I just think don't it's want your just air near me. Yeah. I don't know who you are. I think just for plane, it's actually really good. But the thing that, like, it literally freaks me out to watch these videos of people in air, like, going like, woo, and the pilot making an announcement. Like, if a pilot made an announcement, positive or negative, on my flight, I would just pass out. Like, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so, my psyche is so fragile when I'm in the air. Like You I just, just assume that if he's like, this is your pilot, we're all we're about done. to die. We're done. We're going to die immediately. I just won't even hear what he has to say after that. <laughs> I'm just screaming. Like, I can't. So I just don't need people to be, like, Anyone who's standing on the plane, I think they're up to something, man, woman, or child. Like, yeah. I just don't need people acting up when we're in the air. There's a real, like, summer of Sam energy to flying right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody's, yeah. like, they're, everyone's just kind of out of their minds. Like, did, did you see the, like, Christians playing? Like, yeah, there was I feel like, like a, a sermon. Like they were playing Christian rock, which like is fine in your you're church or in your home. You're a captive audience. I have nowhere to go. I can't escape you. Like, we all agree you're that, doing. that performances on public transportation are ridiculous, yes, and no Charlie, one should ever no do, one should do any it for sort of performance on a captive audience in public transportation. <laughs> Particularly, Who's clapping at that, guys? Guys, Charlie enough. runs a group called Improv Everywhere that does a lot of things on the subway. <laughs> yeah. Please don't clap at that. Yeah. <laughs> But it's never been religiously affiliated this for the true. most part. This I, I, it's I, not there's a pledge sky. I'll make to you tonight. Charlie Todd will never do a Christian-based performance <laughs> on the subway. But it's, like, it's just like something about getting up in the air is making everybody like extra wild. I can't. Yeah. Uh, well, it's partly it's the mask. People were just really mad about the mask. And now, good for them. They don't have to wear masks. Maybe they'll stop getting drunk and hitting people. I don't know. Can I, for In a world in which we are run by toxic masculinity. It is so baby. I can't think of the right word. Like I don't want to yeah. I don't want to say like uh, babyish, but like 
The fact that you can't wear a mask, like what a fu- what a bunch of losers! Like it's so easy. You think you're so tough that you I can't know. wear a slip of paper over your fucking it's, face? It's literally like, and the nose is the man spreading. Like my nose is yes. too big for this mask. <laughs> I just have a big ass nose, and I gotta stick it out of my mask. Like you think they would be wearing like crazy ass gas masks? I know. You know what I mean? Like they would have. There would have been the opposite vibe, but instead. It's so, yeah. that's the thing that, to me, it's like, y'all look so pathetic. I know. I look fucking cool in my mask. Yeah. Just All get right. a cute one. We want to talk about, uh, about post-pandemic New York. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's coming soon. <laughs> uh, it keep, we keep it's getting, coming whether or not the pandemic knows know. it, it. It's happening. We keep getting post-pandemic New York for like six weeks at a time, but then uh, it comes back. But um, Kate, your, your new novel is set okay. here in New York City, um, right. where you spent your 20s. And uh, I know you've been gone from the city right. for a while, and then you've been back for a, a good stretch this week. So I'm curious like, what your impressions are of New York 2022, having not been here for a while. Okay, to give you a sense of where I'm at, I moved in 2011 to Los Angeles. Walking down Houston Street, I passed a bar in the corner of Suffolk, and it was like the Mayflower. And I was like, that used to be a cool lesbian bar. I bet it changed while I was gone. And then it had changed in 2004 when I lived here. So <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I'm not. I, like, I, I was right. 2005 yeah. was a <laughs> shitty year for New so, York. Yeah, like I, it, it, New York is always changing. So energe- like energetically, I'm just kind of like, what's happening? I can't follow along. But that's, I think, the whole point of the city and why y'all are here. I will say there is a, a real kind of like, we don't give a fuck edge right now that we don't have in Los Angeles, where it's almost like, we care too much. But <laughs> it's, you know, I Do just you mean be- regarding COVID? Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. I, in a, in is, a, is LA more hardcore COVID cautious than New York? Uh, I think parts of it, Or is yeah. it just Burbank, where no, you are? No, and specifically my neighbor, my yeah. block. No, I think... <laughs> in my house. I, LA, has, LA has been very strict. I think in part because of our, our teachers' union, well, the LAUSD teachers' union, which influences other teachers' unions in LA County. It's just been... It has felt very different. And I know when, when I leave Los Angeles even coming to New York, in which we are, we are often aligned in terms of like progressive values, it feels, it feels different here. I mean, if you go to, I mean, Cody and I in the last couple of months have been to Florida, Tennessee, and Texas, and you don't see a mask, right, period. Right. I mean, it's like just completely, not the pandemic ended in like, when Trump said that like, it's gonna be gone at Easter, Easter 2020. Like, Easter 2020, A lot of people gone. believed it, yeah. and, and it's not back. But I don't think it's, I don't know if it's necessarily, it's a bad attitude. I mean, I do think New York, bore the brunt of COVID in a way that the rest of us don't understand. And it almost reminds me of New York after 9-11 a little bit, where you just, there's that personality of the city that is extremely resilient in a way that almost like defies logic. It's so resilient. I mean, I was just thinking about how we had the horrific shooting on the subway two weeks ago, but how many thousands of people have gone through that subway station in the last you know ten days since that? And just New York, you know, New York moves forward. Yes. And no matter what happens, I'm curious, Mark, what you think about being the Manhattan Borough President, which includes Midtown. Like, what the future of Midtown is? Because Eric Adams has been saying recently that people need to get out of their pajamas and get back to work. Which um, I will say, you and I work and uh, live in, in Midtown in our pajamas. So. <laughs> Fuck you, Eric Adams. <laughs> no, it's well. not either or, Eric. <laughs> it's both, Eric Adams. 
But I ordered to go food from my restaurant upstairs, Eric <laughs> Adams. Um, but yeah, you know, it seems like people aren't coming back to the five-day work week anytime soon. So what, what do you think, you know, what happens to all the commercial real estate? Do you think it's going to all bounce back? I mean, we're going to... There we're are building so more. many signs of the comeback right now. Broadway's coming back. The, the sales are really strong. Tourism is starting to come back. Subway ridership is now, we're passing 3 million riders a day. Not pre-pandemic levels, but it's moving up. We have a huge challenge with in-person office work. We're maybe at one-third buildings are full. There's a whole ecosystem of small businesses around yeah, that is every true. midtown tower. Every bagel cart. I bagel mean, carts, shoe repair, um, independent theaters, and they're all struggling. They're doing, restaurants are doing fine in the East Village. Restaurants are really struggling in Midtown because their customer base has not returned. So we used to have a million people commuting into Manhattan every day. That was the number. Two-thirds of them have not come back yet. I think that a good chunk more will return. The, the newer buildings, the more modern buildings, like one Vanderbilt, they're, they're remaining very popular. But the smaller buildings, the older ones that are cramped and less light, they're probably not going to fill up. There's an opportunity there. Let's turn them into housing, yeah. into affordable yes. housing. Make 24. You can applaud. I heard one applaud in the back. Woo! Thank you. Um, this and not performing on subways are the two things that have gotten applause so far. Oh, no. Um, so there's an opportunity here. Um, but look, the nature of in-person office work has changed. And yeah. um, you know, in the borough president's office, we're at two days at home, three days in, and that's maybe indefinite. That's poor there's quality th there's of life. great things about it. I mean, I think like by telling people they just have to get back to the office, we're discounting like a lot of the life benefits that have happened. People get to spend more time with their kids. Their commutes are shorter. You know, there's a lot of, of wonderful things about having a hybrid work situation and maybe the pendulum had swung too far the other way where people were stuck in offices for too long. So, you know, there's some good stuff about it, but it is hard. We just have to think outside the box, I think. Also, by the way, in our office, you can come in your pajamas. Just oh, so you good. <laughs> yes. Hello. <laughs> best. Public service is where it's at. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, our office is the same way. It's just Charlie and I. So. <laughs> at least you, you live in Brooklyn. Have you have you been commuting to Midtown every day? <laughs> Not every day. Um, I, but I did used to commute to Midtown pretty frequently. And now um, that was for Betches. The Betches office is around there. And I was going in like two or three times a week to record the podcast, and now it's been definitely a lot less. Like, I'll come in for, like, special recordings, but I do know that they have reopened their office, and I think they are in a similar thing where people have days that they're supposed to be in and not. Right. It's also open to anyone who does want to come in at any time. Um, it was, like, two days ago or something that I had what would have just been a normal day in my pre-pandemic life of like going into Manhattan, doing my business, coming back home. And I came home and I was like, I had run a marathon. I was like, how? Oh Do you my remember gosh. all the bags? My bones. You remember this from when you lived? Like all the bags we had. Everybody has 
Like, if you live in New York, you've got, like, 50 bags mm-hmm. with you. It's, are, like, exercise clothes in a bag, your computer in a bag. No, New Yorkers are, yeah. like, they are strength training 24-7. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Literally, like, That's why we're keeping it right and tight. Yeah, we're you looking are carrying good. fucking this, My podcast around. audience knows how good I look. <laughs> you do look good. <laughs> I forgot how much you sweat here. Yeah, like it's, it's not even summer yet. No, but it's such a confusing, like, the, yeah. m- the moving... The sun on one side of the street, it's hard here. It's hard. But great. Our our uh, son, like, whenever w- when we're, like, walking, I'm like, this kid can walk, like, 15,000 steps all over the city. We walk everywhere, like, you know, and then our cousins come to visit or whatever, and they're just like, ugh. You know, even if they're really good at sports, they can't they can't hang. No, not I, like a man. I birthed kid. two of those people. Yeah, they live. Yeah, they can barely walk to the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We live a different life in California. It is. Yeah. It is. All right, I want to talk about another change here in New York City, a post-pandemic change, which is to-go alcohol. Relevant to the entrance of this show. Yes, Kate has her hand up. Okay, I just have a brief question. Yeah. I was walking along Houston, and there was like a weed truck. Oh, well, we're going to get to that. Okay. Okay, we will get to weed in a second. Let's start with alcohol. A truck. Is that... uh, Was it a weed world truck? I don't know. Oh, it's weed world. It has to be real world. Okay. Mark, you got to stop the weed world trucks because, one, I think they're selling fake weed products. I don't think that's weed, right? I, well, it's, it's not weed. Okay. It, well, not it used, yet. Definitely, they've, <laughs> existed, they've existed for like five years, and they definitely were selling CBD disguised as THC. Like, who wants a lollipop that tastes like pot but isn't pot? But now, what? now I think I they mean, maybe are straight up selling weed because there's a lot of this like gray market. People yeah. are like selling like, oh, buy a T-shirt and you get, you know, for $100 and you get free weed. Um, but the weed world specifically, I kind of call them out because their trucks are all over Midtown. They all have Alabama license plates and they're all illegally parked and they idle all idle, day long it's with generators. Are they in bike lanes too? Wow. They're not in bike lanes. I will give them that. But they're they're <laughs> illegally parked. Um, they all have like one ticket on them that you know they just like wake up in the morning and put their ticket on to you know so they don't get more. But so to to go alcohol um, during the pandemic we had this to go alcohol was okay. And by the way, right this is interesting. Right now in New York City you can walk down Clinton Street upstairs smoking a joint, not illegal. If you drink a beer while walking down the street, illegal. Yeah, you, the, you uh, the other night Charlie and I uh, were at. Can I say where we were going? Will we get um, arrested for saying it on a podcast? I don't know. Can what I you're talk about drinking right beer? We'll we drank beer in the street the other night. We were drinking beer in the street, and I was anyway. We saw some police officers coming, and we were like, "Oh, we should." First of all, I mean, are you going to stop me? I have two kids. I have time. I have a very limited time. I have a babysitter. You have two kids and a beer? I'm on the clock, <laughs> is my point, that I'm enjoying my time away from my children. I'm starting my beer while, you know, while I'm walking. And then it was just like, oh, we better walk to the other side so the police don't see us drinking a beer. But yet I could smoke a joint in front of them and not get arrested. That's crazy. That's that's my only point. I don't know why I thought I would get arrested for admitting that I drank a beer well, in the street. Guys, we, I am dare worked on me, as my mom says. <laughs> well, really we definitely have me. a cloak of privilege, you know, being You mean the white, white skin that yeah. we have? Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, I was going to say, that's like a sweet white lady. But they're gonna, I'd be the like, top. I didn't like, know I couldn't drink on the street. Yeah. They'd be like, fine. But I, I am curious what you think about that, Mark, the fact that you can smoke 
marijuana on the street now, which is arguably is annoying to other people around you. I'm not advocating it for not to be legal, but like, you know, we're all like getting marijuana in our face now when we walk down the streets, just like cigarette smoke, which I think just smells worse. Um, but it does seem more victimless to drink a beer in the street. What do you think the rationale is in our laws there? I think alcohol is a more dangerous substance than marijuana by far. That's true. Uh, That's true. That is true. Um, does anyone need another beer? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, you're welcome for to-go drinks. That's now the law of the state. And it's been a huge boost to the restaurant industry that has been so battered by the past two years. So everybody, next time you pick up a takeout order, you can take a cocktail home as well, but just Yay. don't drink it in the street. You can't drink it in the street. And or you if can... you want to drink it in the street, uh, do our trick. Charlie and I have coffee cups, and you yep. pour a beer inside the coffee cup, and it looks like a latte. So trick number one is to be white, and trick number two is to use a coffee cup. <laughs> be and a white person with a latte, then you're never going to get stopped. If you're a black and brown person, you. you might get stopped for drinking beer, which yeah. is horrible. Um, so speaking of weed, uh, New Jersey just opened their first dispensaries uh, this week. Uh, we heard a clap. Go Governor, ahead. <laughs> Governor, Go uh, <laughs> Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey let legal weed start in dispensaries on 421. <laughs> <laughs> Super... Dick move. He's like, I'm getting high on 420. I have to wait to start this law to the next day. Um, so, Mark, when are we going to get the stores? When are we going to not have to buy from these sketchy trucks illegally parked? Is, is, is it coming next year? Um, yeah, yes, it is. But if you want to talk about inconsistencies in the law, it's legal to possess weed in Jersey. It's legal to possess weed in New York City. But if you transport it across the Hudson, oh you have my technically gosh. broken federal law. Because you can't Not cross state fault. lines. Yes, I don't make federal law. So just bear that in mind unless you're a risk taker like you clearly are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't smoke pot. So it makes wait, me too paranoid. This is, this is going to be huge for New York City, a whole new industry. And we are not going to make the mistake that every other state that's launched legal weed okay, has. come on. Now, including California, California has done a great job. Which has paid lip service to no, the I, ideal I no idea. of social equity. <laughs> Hear me out. Oh, no, I'm with you on but this. But it's ended up being an industry dominated by yeah. major players, major, major corporate entities, and the communities, communities of color, which have been victimized by the so-called war on drugs, yeah. have not benefited from the economic development. New York is really doing something big by yeah. dedicating licenses to marginalized communities. By The first licenses are going to go to people who have convictions on their record, nonviolent drug convictions on their record. We're going to do it right here. It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. But this is going to be a game change for New York City. Watch. I'm, awesome. I'm very excited. That's, awesome. That's and, cool. And coming 2023. Is it, is it next year? When? I think that's right. Yes. Okay. There's still a lot to work out. So in the meantime, you're stuck with Weed World Vans. Yeah, but all of those, are all of these, comp so we've seen like an explosion of um, smoke shops in the city, in Midtown specifically. Are, are they opening up in anticipation that then when the permits come, they'll be able to be like there already? If so, they are sorely mistaken because that's not how it works. Uh, it's, oh, a no. it's a lot more complicated than that. These yeah. are smoke shops for what? Tobacco? Vapes? Uh, they're like vapes, but they are selling a lot, all the marijuana paraphernalia. And well, CBD there's also and the fact that the, like the federal farm bill from like a year or two ago legalized oh, yeah. Delta 8, which is basically <laughs> just THC. It is THC. It's just like a yeah. slightly different THC. 
So just for my own clarity, sorry to make this about me, uh -huh. you don't have dispensaries, but cannabis is legal. Well, yeah, cannabis, yes. Okay. As of about a year ago, okay. New York State, actually when Cuomo was going down in flames, he was like, let's do legal weed now. <laughs> um, Forget about but, this. But we're still waiting to get things set up with the dispensaries. But people in trucks can come you know here. what so they're doing these weird things these gymnastic moves where it's right. like okay uh, there's yeah they'll be like oh would you like to buy a cd and then you say yeah sure great it comes you know here's a present got it got and it and this present is weed <laughs> do you know this i'm sure you know this scam what am i saying you know everything about manhattan <laughs> but yeah they're they're finding all these clever ways to get around it there's like a subscription you can buy like okay. some of these places are like there's a lounge and you can buy a, a buy a membership for $100 and also we have weed at the lounge you know what i mean like okay so there's a lot of loopholes people are exploding while the proper equitable dispensaries are being set up that sounds yeah. that's amazing though i i I can't wait to see. Come back next year. I will. I'll bring the party. Um, Kate, you have two children, and you live in California. Have you noticed any terrible things that have happened to your children since? Because you guys have legal weed. Oh yeah, they're high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking in that dispensary twenty-four-seven. That's what seven, I heard. That's what I was told would happen to my children. No, we don't. I. They don't even quite understand. And I. I do try to talk about cannabis like I talk about alcohol. Right. Our kids, when my husband and I like have a drink, they go, don't get drunk. Oh, so, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. yes. So they don't know that I have like one milligram edibles in my bedroom drawer. I haven't gotten to that part of things yet. Right, but, right. So but. Dare's working on them too. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do my own Dare. That's yeah, good. I yeah, they I got learned. rid of Dare as they should have, yeah. but uh, They do like know their mother has seen 60 fish shows. Though, right? It's, it's <laughs> Charlie, it's 80. But I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not a big, I've never really been a big cannabis user, so uh, it doesn't impact me that much. But I do think being conscious of uh, who you buy your cannabis from is really important. And that's something I've had to kind of really learn is making sure I know who owns this dispensary, who's behind it, seeking out BIPOC-owned dispensaries, women-owned. Like, and and there that is happening in California, but I think you're right. It's being also completely turned into, you know, like anything, like well, anything. And to be fair to California, they were one of the first ones in the country to do it, so we'll learn from their mistakes. <laughs> Look. Um, all right, I'm going to change the subject, and I have no segue for this, but I want to talk about <laughs> trash mountains. Um, <laughs> now, uh, no, first, Kate, do you know what we're talking about as a visitor here to our fair city? Do you know what we're talking about when we say trash mountain? I mean, I'm pretty sure I walked by one. One? <laughs> well, you only I mean, walked I just, by one? Just, wow. I noticed one. it's just all the trash bags that are out yes. with like, Don't chicken they seem, bones. Do they seem more like larger than before? Hasn't that always been? It's I always mean, been. I mean, during the pandemic, more people so are bad. getting things from Amazon and just consuming more. Sure, and so sure. there's maybe and been so a little bit more. And so the trash mountains are just everywhere? The trash mountains have always been out of control. Um, New York City, you know, famously, we pile our trash on the sidewalk for a collection. We don't have alleys like some cities do. We just weren't built that way. Um, and this practice hogs precious sidewalk space. It attracts rats, and it's disgusting. A new waste containerization pilot program started this month, uh, and there are... Two new trash containers in the Times Square area um, that are kind of piloting how we might address this problem. And it's a, but this is it's a drop in the bucket, but it's a start. So uh, I'm curious, Mark, were you a part of the the launch of the, those two containers? 
Or what is your opinion in general on the future of containerized trash? And is is that the way we're going to? I don't understand why we haven't done it yet. I mean, this is this is an obvious solution to the rat problem, to the smells, to sidewalks being impassable. Take a parking spot, put a container there. It's sealed. You don't feed the rats. There's no smell emanating. Countries countries all over the world are doing it already, and we're way behind on this. It will be a war because you know that every inch of street real estate is going to be fought over. Every single parking spot that's taken for any purpose other than a car becomes a fight. But my God, this is just such an obvious solution. Um, we're starting with the pilot. It's only two. It's but two. It's and <laughs> you got to start somewhere. I know, but then there was like some black trash bags next to it. It's like, oh gosh, no, it's great. It's it's great. I love a start, but like in Paris, don't they have the like underground robotic things? It's like takes it away. It's like, yeah, we're a major metropolitan city. Why are we putting black trash bags on the street? And we live in Midtown. You see these tourists who are walking by who are spending a lot of money on their vacation to literally trip over trash bags and have rats run out. It's insane. It's insane. Is there a lot of trash in Brooklyn, Elise, or is that the best place to live? (laughs) Oh, certainly there's trash. (laughs) We definitely have the same trash mountain problem. Um, I got a puppy this year. Oh, congrats. And that has, like, made me so much more aware of When you have, like, a puppy or a kid, you're like, oh, gosh. The trash issue and just, like... There's a lot of chicken bones on the street. There's so many chicken bones on the street. <laughs> yeah, chicken bones. Too. What's going on with that? Because <laughs> well, I don't know. When I receive chicken, there's, it usually comes in a box, and then I put the bones in the box. So I don't really understand why. Yeah. Yeah, why there's so many. Well, but since the pandemic, we've had to-go chicken wings. So a lot of people are walking around <laughs> just throwing their chicken. chicken wings on the ground. Yeah, it's um, basically getting a dog has like really made the situation come alive for yeah yeah because they get into everything and if there's anything grabbing trash out of his mouth um well we have a big campaign right now to get people to pick up after their dog it's like a huge problem in midtown Mm. Um, shout out to our councilman eric botcher friend of the show for doing that who started a new campaign about there is no poop fairy clean up after your dog Mm. yeah yeah do you think about trash at all in los angeles yeah, I mean, half the city is trash. Am I right? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I love uh, that. Was a bad joke. Um, uh, yes, of course. But we have uh, uh, we have a garbage truck that comes on Sunday night. We put our trash out because Los yeah. Angeles has so many suburban elements. Slash, we were the city right. was developed at such a different time. It's a completely different experience. Yeah. But we also don't have as many like receptacles on the street period like nothing there's about not a corner trash can. no like nothing yeah. about la is made for someone who is walking to actually do anything useful so do, there do, is a ton of trash everywhere do people compost more in los angeles like are you guys do we don't have a i think they're introducing a either city or countywide composting program but we don't have one like i know in san francisco they do in yeah because that's no. another thing I, I like we talk about this a lot like even if we get the containers we have to reduce our waste and i think it, what is it like Thirty percent of our waste is organic. Oh, dream on. Or oh, sixty. Waste, yes, but 60%? our recycling rate, counting all the streams together, yeah, the plastics, yeah. is actually down now. We had peaked at eighteen percent 
which is way behind even L.A. Forget yeah. about San Francisco and Portland. It's now down to 17. It's dropped during the pandemic. They cut organics pickup. We are so far behind on this. Yeah. We are spending so much money to truck trash mm. all over the country where it becomes methane. It's a climate change problem. Why this has to be fixed. Why don't they... Th Liberals in New York City fascinate me because they're the type of people who are like, the earth, man, we have to support the earth. I get to park my car on the street and drive it wherever I want. Also, I'm going to throw everything I want away and I'm not going to recycle. Like Chicken I bones. Chicken <laughs> bones. <laughs> I, uh, I really, I, it's very fascinating to me that, that that doesn't seem to be part of the equation, you know? Like, I want to be able to drive my family of five across town well, in my Well, speaking minivan. of liberals wanting to drive there wherever they want to, whenever they want to, it's time for the segment of the show that we have every single month, which is when we talk about congestion pricing, which is my favorite issue. Yeah, uh, please feel free to drink every time Charlie brings up a cargo bike or congestion pricing. And um, I actually, the first time I, I met Mark in person was I went to a congestion pricing forum that Mark, you hosted with uh, another uh, council member uh, back when you around the council and I remember there were a lot of very angry car owners screaming at you because of congestion pricing. If you don't know what congestion pricing is, it's been coming for a couple of years. The, the forum I went to was in 2019, I think, and it was supposed to start in 2021, but the pandemic delayed it. And sometime, maybe by the end of next year, we're going to have it where you're going to have to pay like $12, give or take, to enter the Central Business District of Manhattan, which is south of 60th Street. Um, so, uh, I guess, Mark, my question for you, is it really going to come next year? Because it seems like there's some politicians that are slow rolling it. I mean, uh, how many people on the island that you own this island, right? Is that fair to say? <laughs> you rule, you rule the island. How you many and Elon Musk. You were like, Twitter or Manhattan? Which one do I want to buy? I'm building <laughs> tunnels. But how, how, how many people on the island of Manhattan own cars? What's the, the car percentage? ownership rate in Manhattan is 15%. 15%. So this entire discourse is dominated by 15% of the residents of Manhattan uh, with an outsized proportion of, of seats on community boards and a voice that's greatly magnified. And it's why a lot of politicians have been running and hiding on congestion pricing or slow walking it. Yes, the pandemic perhaps is a cause for the delay, but honestly, uh, Cuomo at the time was doing everything possible to avoid moving it forward. Uh, then Wait, Trump Cuomo was doing something like saying one uh, no, thing and hard, doing hard another? <laughs> that doesn't believe. seem like the Cuomo hard I know. Hard to believe. Uh, but it looks like it's going to happen. There's still so much to work out. But the stakes are huge. I don't have to tell you this. We already have the level of congestion in midtown Manhattan that we had pre-pandemic. And that's without those office workers exactly. we were talking about. We're at one-third office workers. Already the level of congestion is pre-pandemic. Uh, pre and that's and partially because everybody went out and bought a car during the pandemic because they didn't that, want to that, take the that's subway. That's a big factor. And they're not taking subways because mass transit is only 60%. Trucks are now above pre-pandemic, already over 100% of pre-pandemic. And what is that, Amazon deliveries? Am Amazon, because everyone wants to have a toothbrush delivered to their door now. Tomorrow. Yes, exactly, in the next hour. So um, if you extrapolate and we get tourism back and in-person office work back and Broadway back, we're going to have a car apocalypse. And to have, to have a price on congestion will not only reduce the overcrowding of the streets, it'll save mass transit. A billion and a half a year for subways and buses. That's where the money's going. Yes, to the subway exactly. Train. That's the point. Improve our mass transit so people have an incentive to get out of their private cars. Um, all, right. all right. Yeah, that, that definitely deserves applause. 
I mean, you're, we're going to talk about it. The only it. reason Charlie had me on the show is to say that. Did I do the job? <laughs> did I do good? You did. Yeah. Charlie so, says it every month. Let me, ask so. one, let me ask one follow-up question, because Cody and I were on a congestion pricing Zoom forum, which we have talked about in the show before. It was like a four-hour forum, <laughs> and it was four people that lived in the Central Business District, as, as we do, and it was everyone begging for their exemptions. That yeah, they, you don't they, understand. My three children go to gymnastics at five different places, and I can't possibly get on a cross-town bus, and you're going to make me move to the suburbs. Was yeah, it was literally that. people saying, I live Sorry in the village. Sorry if I made fun of any of you that were on that call. <laughs> it was people saying, I live in the village, but my private school's in the Upper East Side, and I'm going to have to pay $12 to drive my children to private school instead of taking the six train. Um, so I'm curious, do you, th there are some exemptions I think perhaps are reasonable for those who are, are disabled or, you know, there's, there's, there may be some are reasonable. What, what do you think in terms of exemptions, people who shouldn't have to pay? Well, the problem is the more exemptions you put in, the greater the base price goes in order to meet our goal, which is a billion and a half a year. So there's, there's, there's no free lunch here. There's already a plan, as you know, to exempt people who are low and middle income who live in the zone. There's a fight over what the cutoff income should be. And yes, I think for people who have a disability who really, we have a subway system which is not accessible. Most stations don't have elevators yet. So there, I think people have a case of saying there's no other alternative. Um, but beyond that, I think we have to be really careful because then you're going to have a base price of like $40 to make up for everyone who's exempt. That's just not going to work. I agree with that. All right, you mentioned tourism, so I want to widen out and talk about Disney World, okay? <laughs> because Ron DeSantis has recently taken away the special tax exemption for Disney World because he was mad that they didn't like him signing the don't say gay uh, bill into law. So has anyone canceled a trip to Disney World? Um, has anyone said I'm never traveling to Florida again? Well, to Disney again. Florida, uh, you'll, our, our bartender's never going to Florida again. She went once, couldn't well, stand it. I do have a question about this because yeah. um, when Georgia tried to pass a six-week abortion ban, there was a big movement in the entertainment industry to mm -hmm. pull productions from Georgia. Right. And the argument that was made by progressives in the state right. was not to do that because you're pulling jobs from people who are, support, are aligned with those values. Right. So, like, ultimately, who does it... Who does it it only serves Ron DeSantis, right? Like nothing about he's giving taxes. Like he's, he's making his right. citizens pay right. for Disney World. Yeah, yes. just to, just as a big fuck you to Disney. So he fucks Disney, and he, if if uh, you know attendance to Disney goes down, you're fucking local employees who work there. Like th those aren't Ron De like Ron DeSantis level. Yeah. Uh, Income bracket. I, I don't. I, I think it's. But to be clear, no, the liberals are still going to Disney World. It's the conservatives that are saying they're not going to Disney yes. World. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, but that also my, my fine. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they're they're doing so much in Florida that it, like there are many reasons not to go to Florida. Yeah. If we're concerned about their politics. <laughs> but at the same time, I I I do feel like isolating an entire state based on a fraction of the state's politics is yeah, also but, not the solution. But going back to like the abortion situation, like what, if you're having a TV show that's filming there and your actors or actresses, like they need to be able to get the oh, care, have access to the yes. care they need. So pulling a, but so, I, I but also the, I mean, it's, it's, 
but so do the citizens of those states. I mean, because ultimately, the people who really need access to abortions are going to be lower income and pe women of color, people of color, excuse me, and not like, you know, yeah. Kate Beckinsale, although she deserves it too. Where am I she, going with this, guys? The beer also, has me going crazy. And Kate Beckinsale, very timely, um, timely uh, reference. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale's. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what she's promoting that, now, Kate Beckinsale, movie, from Pearl Harbor. Pearl yeah. Harbor, yeah. yeah. I just want, uh, the thing with DeSantis going after Disney, it is just sort of wild the way like things have flipped and that like just to see conservative. Uh, elected officials attacking corporations and like taking away cor corporate privileges is it definitely feels very opposite from from Mitt Romney declaring corporations to being people to um, you know Ron DeSantis saying how dare a corporation has an opinion they stand for nothing anymore right in, in the Reagan era their ideas may have been terrible but they actually stood for policies they don't stand for any policies right now they don't have solutions on health care. They don't have solutions on income inequality. They're not even trying. All they want is culture war. And I think it's going to be a disaster for Florida. That's going to harm its economy. And yeah, they're going to lose tourism. And the people who are going to suffer are the taxpayers of the state. And I hope they vote him out of office because he's on the ballot in November. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we could be done with Ron DeSantis if the voters of Florida get wise well, by then. Yes. My grandma says he's great, so I think he's going <laughs> to stay. Yeah, um, I'm Cuban, so I have to return to Florida. I just wake up there sometimes and I'm yeah. back in Florida. It's in your rider, yeah. Um, like a homing beacon, I have to return. Um, but one of the things that like really shocked me that we were talking about on the Betches Sup podcast is when right around the same time that they passed the Don't Say Gay legislation, they failed to pass a bill that would have prevented the Surfside condo collapse. So it's like they're doing that was yeah. that like condo that they're not interested know. in legislating. This is actually important save things lives. that would yeah. save people's lives. Instead, oh. they're just basically raising taxes on Floridians uh -huh. to stick it to Disney, which like. I, I just don't understand the logic behind it, other than that Ron DeSantis thinks he's running for president, unless his big orange boss tells him he's not allowed to. <laughs> and yeah, how any of them think that they're running for president is comical. Like, I know. Donald Trump has the biggest ego in the world. Like, he's never going to let any, unless he dies of a heart attack, which But he's also could a happen. chicken. He's also a chicken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he could easily chicken out. He'll cite health. There's already rumors of that. Yeah. We'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, it is true. kind of weird that a corporation owns a city. And, like, I mean, I don't, I, I, yeah. I haven't studied up on it, but like. Corporations are people, my friend. But the fact that Disney, I'd like, it was news to me that Disney, like, basically ran everything in that area. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it has I'm, its I don't own know that I'm for that. Or whatever, yeah. like, an autonomous zone. And, now and it's my the question is, government Republican of the idea, world. actually, but not anymore. It is, it is. Does. Does Universal have the same deal? Like, is Harry Potter no. World governing itself? The oh, There's well. the mayor of Harry Potter World. <laughs> the Minister of Magic, in fact. But I mean, also, <laughs> doing anything with Harry Potter is problematic because J.K. Rowling's a turf. Oh, I know. Yeah. All right, I want to... This is the point sorry. where we just realize everyone's terrible. Everyone's bad. <laughs> I love the pregnant pause. But don't get pregnant in... Uh, Texas. Um, <laughs> those who follow our podcast know that we've been on the uh, milk beat lately. So last month we had a pretty <laughs> extensive conversation about milk in public schools, specifically chocolate milk. And I just want to You guys give don't know this, okay? We might have to explain to our Los Angeles and, and uh, Brooklyn friend. 
I just want to give an update on it. So, um, we'll explain. Eric Adams had a plan to ban chocolate milk in New York City public schools, which makes sense because it's just like shit that comes out of cow udders and you add chocolate to it. Like maybe our kids don't need to drink it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he he backpedaled it. Charlie got a pamphlet from PETA and it really changed wow. his life. That was like, I've known you for a long time. That was a very aggressive stance on chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. <laughs> well, look, the pushback our mayor is getting for trying to ban chocolate milk is really aggressive. Like, I had a light bulb moment, and I said this in the show last month. I'm sorry for repeating myself, but I had a light bulb moment that milk is just comes from the cow titties and like you know like why do we make everyone drink it all the time like why were we growing up drinking 12 ounces of milk it's every fine dinner? to drink it occasionally but like it's why weird. do we force it like it's like and the, the god's reason, nectar and we, we did you cut out ice cream and cheese too you know what? i'm not vegan mark but you know i i did i did switch to plant-based milk um but so there's there, anyway there's a lobby for milk in new york state uh at least stefanik uh you know who's the number two behind good old kevin mccarthy i think um she's she's from that that area and um she really pushed back. And, you know, Merrick Adams is just trying to do the right thing. He's a vegan, but it, it's not even about milk. He's not trying to ban milk. He's trying to ban chocolate milk. Okay, our kids, when our kid was four, four. he started drinking chocolate milk because he started at New York City Public School. And, he and never, you could, never they just said, you can pick one. He was like, yeah, the I'll chocolate that. thing? But, but also <laughs> like, I mean, the kid literally had just turned four. Just turned four. <laughs> and he gets to choose every single day if he wants the chocolate thing? So Eric Adams just said, maybe we shouldn't give four-year-olds chocolate every day in school. <laughs> and then the, the milk lobby freaked out. And Representative Elise Stefanik, this is what she said recently, Make no mistake, any effort of Mayor Adams to ban chocolate milk and replace it with vegan juice is an absolute <laughs> non-starter and will be opposed by parents, families, kids, and New Yorkers. I will continue to lead the effort to protect real dairy products in school for the sake of our kids. I mean, now, guys, I just want to say, first of all, I don't know what vegan juice is. I'm not vegan. <laughs> but you know what our kids should be drinking? Water. Water. It's not vegan juice. Oh, it's Charlie just is a member water. of Big Water over here. <laughs> yeah, a part of Big Water. But also, I would just like to interrupt and say all juice is vegan because that's it's true. fucking juice. Oh, that's, that's so true. What? Very good point. Orange juice is vegan, right? Charlie, I think it's okay for kids to have chocolate milk in schools. Whoa. I think it's totally fine. And I will also say... What age? What age does that start? You think four? I think two. Whoa. Wow. We, yeah. You're that kind of mom, yeah. Kate. Wow. I go to McDonald's. You're the mom whose house I wanted to go over to when yeah. I was a kid. I don't. I actually don't... I don't think this is a big deal. I think it's a, <laughs> it's a source of protein, especially for kids who... who Many make, ways to get protein. Okay, yes. That's true. They could have a vegan pea protein solution, but I do. Greek yogurt has tons of pea protein. I, guys, no one wants That's to not vegan, eat but that. Yeah. But but also cow's milk. I but just take say, the sugar out of it. Take the chocolate out. I'm I not will, arguing for that. No milk. I I'm will saying say no though, milk. like this is the kind of thing similar to like when San Francisco's city council got in trouble for like changing the names of schools. It like makes it too easy. Like this is just throwing one to Elise, whatever Stefanik. Elise Stefanik. I. Disagree. I don't think this is like woke culture gone wrong or whatever San Francisco like, was doing. Why it's do just, we why do we give kids why do we say kids have to drink milk? 
I don't understand. The milk is delicious. Give them a stick of cheese. We're not saying not this to do it, but it's crazy that we say they have to drink milk every day. Like, what is this, the 1950s? Here's a giant... I mean, do you know the amount of milk I drank? I drank a fucking shit ton of milk. We were, milk was put upon Milk us was the thing. If you did yeah. not drink milk, your bones were going to literally crumble in front of you, and you would die a slow, painful death. We also death. drank no water until we were, like, no 20. Water. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I... Yeah. My high C. High C... Yeah. So, oh, at my high school, I just remember th this was like before the idea of like having children eat healthy food at school. Had been oh, <laughs> yeah, it didn't exist in the nineties. And so, when I was in high school, I would wake up immediately before my bus, eat no breakfast, roll onto my bus, get to school, go to the vending machine, get a full sugar coke, drink that, yeah, and then go to algebra and freak out. <laughs> And so I just feel like milk yeah. is better than that. Chocolate I, milk. I is think better I than learned that. to drink water at like age twenty-four. You know? I think we were dating when we started drinking water. I don't yeah. think we drank water I was before like, that. I think I'm not going to drink Coke anymore, so I can drink beer at night and not get fat. What's <laughs> my main reason? Uh, Mark, what do you think about milk in public schools? No, not milk. I'm chocolate. Chocolate milk. I'm chocolate milk. the vegan juice. Chocolate milk. Mark's vegan pro juice. vegan juice. I love to. It's just the buzzword. It's like, oh, vegan. Like if they, they're like, oh, you eat vegan. It's like, yeah. Wait, what? Like, fruit is vegan. What are you talking about? Kate, but do you think that kids should be allowed to drink like Coca Cola at four in schools? Should that be a choice? Uh, no. By the way, it's Coca Cola with protein. Oh, okay, great. Oh, that's fine. Fortified. No, I, I, I vitamin D. Coca-Cola. I think there's an issue to look at in terms of moralizing food and like th this gets into food culture and diet culture and But we're not moralizing it. This is what we're pushing. This is what we are the government it's, are it's, pushing it's, and to giving be clear, you for it's free. A, it's a federal law that <laughs> all public schools yes. in the whole country must have milk. Now that is because see, the milk lobby Not has lobbied milk, and milk. told all of us right. that milk is good, right? But and that we have to do it. Issue than chocolate. No, I'm not saying my kid can't have chocolate milk at home, but I'm saying we are forcing our children to have bad choices at four. Now, am I saying no? You no, we have to have everything has to be locally sourced. You know, blah blah blah. No, but I'm saying we are pushing this on them. We're telling them at four They're that this is your choice. I think one a day. But milk, they are. They're I think one enjoyed. little carton of chocolate milk a day is delicious. It's a delicious and so tasty good. treat. treat. <laughs> yes. This has been the most divisive issue on this entire show. And it's the second month we've talked about I it. I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> And I am 100% behind big chocolate Is milk. Big chocolate milk. Your family actually, work in milk? We work in milk. There's something <laughs> I haven't told congestion you pricing. Wouldn't a full sugar Wait. Coke also count as vegan juice? Yes. Mm. I think Coke is vegan. Interesting. Yeah. Co a Coca-Cola would be vegan Coke, juice. I'm going to tell everyone I'm, I'm a vegan and I only drink Coca-Cola. Coca <laughs> French fries and Coca-Cola, bitches. I'm a vegan. fucking vegan. Oh, and uh, your husband uh, wrote the book for Beetlejuice. Does he have any ideas about juice and juice that need to be in schools? I, I will check in. He, he probably in has... He probably he would think in. my stance on this is real wild. Like, this might be too much. All right, we're nearing the end of the show. We're going to yeah. do some lightning oh, round. I want to talk more about milk. <laughs> we're going to. I mean, we'll have you back next month. We'll probably talk about it next month. Um, <laughs> all right. These lightning round questions will be harder for Mark than the rest of us who can just say whatever we want to. <laughs> Don't have any I'm leaving now. Um, uh, what is... Uh, 
what does everybody think about uh, the Buffalo Bills Stadium in general? Like, we're we're giving a lot of money to build a stadium for a private uh, billionaire's uh, football team in Albany. We'll go to Cody. You can speak on it first. We'll go to one. Uh, as someone who literally never watches a sports game ever, like, no, thank you. Let's have a big theater where people can do political podcasts, and I want $800 million for mm. it. Caveat thank is you. demanding a new theater, or they will leave <laughs> and go to Hoboken. Two Beers says they will no longer perform on the Lower East Side without that money. So I say no. Just for clarification. Yeah. They're building the stadium in Albany for the Bills? Oh, I see. Albany, yeah, we're yeah. referencing where your uh, capital is. It's a big state. Or maybe I said it's a big it wrong. State. Yeah. But no, just in general, the idea doesn't have to be a no, local it's, issue. It's in general, garbage. the idea yeah. the, the it's, it's garbage. Is no. It's trash. Yeah. Football is extremely problematic on like numerous levels. Talking about tax tax breaks. So yeah, fuck football. What do you think, Mark? Public money for Buffalo? I'm not going to denigrate the whole sport, but Sorry. 800 million in public subsidy. It's outrageous. Yeah, I mean, I. I feel the same way. I don't. I'm not. I don't know anything about any sports. But don't don't companies buy the other stadiums? Why is that other one named Crypto yes. Stadium? Yeah, yeah <laughs> but that's there's like every have. bank. Can't we, why can't we get Crypto to buy it? It's like city <laughs> bank sponsored. I don't get how stadiums work. I don't either. They make so much money. It's fifty dollars for a hot dog, and a bank has ads everywhere. Why is my tax so money paying for this? Confusing. So I can have the privilege of paying two hundred dollars for a ticket to go see a bank ad? No, thank you. Okay. They actually just announced this week that um, uh, more sports, I, I think it's maybe baseball is doing it now, they're putting ads on the jerseys, right? Oh, that's so, so like gross. soccer teams in Europe have like giant ads, and that's mm. slowly coming to American sports. Great. So. You know what I say? Sports need more ads <laughs> and um, more taxpayer money. What do you guys think about restaurant sheds? This is the next question. Well, I was going to ask. Yeah, this would be something that you have not seen oh, before yeah. what since do you coming think? back to New York this no, week. No, but doesn't that interfere with a parking access? Like, hasn't that also decreased access to parking? And yes, but most of us on the stage want to decrease access to parking. So sure, that's the sure, best sure. part about it. That's fine. I mean, I think it's great. I love them. The sheds, though? Well, I don't know. It seems cool. There's like cute. Do, do, we, do they smell like urine? I haven't actually been inside one okay. of them. There are, right, right, there right, are right, good right, sheds right. and bad sheds. Oh, this, this At least, what do you think about the restaurant sheds? Quality varies widely <laughs> um i don't think that building a little house outside of your restaurant prevents covid but i like them and when i sit out there in one sometimes i'm like ooh, I'm yeah having fun. They, they started during the pandemic and there are a lot of them that have four walls a roof and closed doors and windows and don't <laughs> and a roof deck and they're bigger than their actual restaurant it's mm -hmm. like oh this is four times bigger than your two seats well, you have in the restaurant it's great because a lot of restaurants have been able to like double essentially double capacity oh, which yeah, is great and they've been right. through so much but mark is right there's i've Bike by some in Queens that have like mini split units and they're just pumping AC into them. I, and, then, um, and a lot of them enjoy them while toilets. they last because next year it's going to change. They're right? gone. Wow. They're going to be, there's going to be permanent outdoor dining. It saved the city, but it's going to be the good old fashioned tables and umbrellas. Um, Yay! Like they have in other cities where you go and you're like, I'm sitting, I mean, rather than these like separate houses that are next to a truck that might run into me. It's been good for the winter mountain. for restaurants. But yeah, I, a lot of them now are like a, a, you know, a year and a half old too. I think some of them are you know, just getting a little old and need a little reno. 
Um, but yeah. it's tough for me to be against the sheds because the people that want their free parking and think they should be able to park their two-ton privately owned vehicle for free on the street forever are the ones that are really against them. They'll so, still be able to use those parking spots. It's just going to be... The restaurants will still be able to use them. Absolutely. Yeah. The on-street thing is not going away. It's just you can't build a house. Good. Um, gerrymandering is our next lightning round topic. So, <laughs> just who likes gerrymandering? Who likes no. who's for gerrymandering? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Me. I love gerrymandering when the Democrats do it, but I don't like it when the Republicans do it. And the Republicans have done it for so long, and then New York State this year really gerrymandered the shit. Out do you of guys? Our state. One thing. One thing I think we all think we think Park Slope. Well, first thing we think is Staten Island. That's the first thing we think. <laughs> Those two yeah, are so There's a similar. new district that includes the Park Slope, Park Slope Co-op. Sorry, I've been drinking. Uh, includes the Park Slope Co-op and goes all the way across the Verrazano Bridge to Staten Island. So but we, as I, I mean, said before, Staten Island doesn't actually exist, so it's just a fake part of so true. Park Slope. But yeah. the Democrats did draw some kind of shady districts. Mark, you're lucky your district doesn't change. It's just Manhattan, right? <laughs> um, but there's people like, there's people, we had Chris LeBron on our show last week who's running for assembly, and like his district might change before the primary. Yeah. Um, so so, uh, I, you know, I was like, hell yeah, we're going to gerrymander these districts like they do in Texas and get more, uh, you know, keep the House of Representatives for, for the Democrats. But, like, how are we, how does gerrymandering end? How can we, like, have a mutual disarmament where we don't do it anymore? But it, it seems like if the Republicans are doing it, we have to do it. Or, or should we take the higher ground? What do you think, Elise? Oh, No. <laughs> do you think if we do a good handshake with the Republicans, they'll be like, yes, us too. Um, Mitch yeah. McConnell's going to jump into the fire with us. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough because you want to, you know, you want to Michelle Obama. Like, you want to go high when they go low. But sometimes I feel like the answer is to gerrymander ourselves into power and then fix it once we're there. Which isn't how things work, but that's what I... Yeah, I don't it's it's tough when you see like again in Florida and stuff where they're eliminating like majority like BIPOC districts, they're getting they're consolidating so much power. It's hard to feel like, "Oh, should we not be doing this where we have power?" But then it's like, "Are we being bad?" I don't know. What do you think, Mark? We cannot unilaterally disarm. Every branch of government is rigged against us. Presidency, electoral college, the Senate, you know, Wyoming has more power than the entire state. It has the same representation as New York. If Manhattan split in two, each half would still have more population than Wyoming. Not a bad idea, maybe. Possible statehood bid here. 14th Street, you think that's and, the and, dividing line? Th there you go. But, uh, and the House of Representatives is rigged against us, too, because of gerrymandering. So there's no way in that environment New York State can leave this on the table. And, by the way, until now... Republicans had a role in districting in New York State. This is the first time Democrats have controlled the process. And so, yeah, it's a big swing. And there's probably five or six districts on the line. But that's after generations of suffering with Republicans drawing maps or giving input on the mats. And it's, it's our turn now. And uh, fair is fair. Well, hopefully we win the appeal. Kate, you pro-gerrymander? I'm so into it. Kate's like... <laughs> Two things I love. Chocolate milk <laughs> Chocolate and gerrymandering. <laughs> <laughs> 
And if you don't like it, don't come to Los Angeles. Uh, I think there needs to be more than two political parties because that would help. Yeah. But uh, you voted for Ron Paul, right? You, huge. <laughs> Rand Paul. All Ron Paul Revolution. I love all Pauls. All the Pauls. Yeah, I voted for anybody. With Katie's any gonna Paul. get attacked by this right wing mob when she I leaves. Know. No, they're actually gonna love you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I, 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 str- I struggle in the same way that you do. There, there is a, a deep frustration watching the Republican Party just. Play the game so dirty, and and have you know, and I'm a I'm a registered Democrat, and having Democrats just be like, let's come to the table and talk, you know, it's like it's not happening. But then also, all all of government, as you said, is essentially rigged and corrupt. So oh well, not all of government, like borough presidents, not not everyone except for that office. That's right. (laughs) I I mean, it's it's there's so there's so much that needs to be unraveled that it seems like it makes more sense to, to play the game than to try to fix it at this point because everything needs to be fixed. All right, well, on that note... Everything needs to be fixed, everyone. Wow. Thank you so much for Especially coming out to our show. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming. Let's give it up for this unbelievable panel. Elise Morales, Mark Levine, and Kate Spencer. Uh, thank you guys for being here tonight. Our next show is on... Monday, May 23rd, right here at Caveat. Thanks to Caveat for having us. Thanks to Tyler Walker, who does our theme music. Uh, Subscribe to this. The show is a podcast. Uh, Rate, review. We'd rather you come in person, but you can listen to it if you don't. Go home and (laughs) listen to it, guys. It'll be up later tonight. Just go home and lay down and listen to this show you already saw. And don't forget to To vote vote in in midterm midterm elections. elections. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 